driving directions on your phone? Oh no! That's not fun! Navigate hands-free with Apple CarPlay. Everybody, welcome to another edition of Joe's Mini Bike Reunion. I'm your host, Joe Sebergandio. This is season six, episode three. And this is your podcast for Thursday, March the 25th, 2021. And somewhere throughout the podcast, E will let us know the next time we're going to dial up this podcast. As we said earlier, we're going to try to make it happen twice a month. And as we get closer to normalcy, who knows? Maybe we'll have a couple special episodes as we take our act on the road. I want to uh, begin the podcast by thanking everybody for listening in tonight. Hope you're having a good day. And I'd like to begin by giving a shout out to our friends at Pioneer. Pioneer is the global leader in car electronics and a proud supporter of automotive events everywhere, like Joe's Mini Bike Reunion. No matter what you drive, Pioneer has the gear to upgrade your car with all the latest technology like Bluetooth, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and Amazon Alexa. Remember, don't break up with your car, our Leo. Upgrade it. Learn more from our friends at pioneercarelectronics.com. A shout out to my man, Ted, and everybody over there at Pioneer. Hey, I got to begin the podcast by saying we've got a fantastic guest lined up for you tonight. He's going to be joining us shortly. Our Leo Davis. Say it. Our Leo. Not Arlo not Arleo, nothing like that. He's the man behind um, Arley Builds, and he's AV Zone. He's got a lot going on up there. It's been a minute since I've caught up with the guys up there at AV. When I think of AV, I think of Jake Moe. So we'll find out what's happening up there from the perspective of Arleo. Uh, I want to uh, give a shout out to and this is something that uh, our household's pretty excited about. My daughter, Nicole. Uh, Nicole has successfully found herself a nice new job, and she's going to be starting pretty soon, and she's excited, and so are we. Look forward to um, her success there. It's always nice, you know, when your kid gets a job, and she's been looking forward to it because it's tough. It's not like you can bop around and interview, and you have to do everything online mostly, and you don't get that opportunity to really get face-to-face -face with someone. But uh, she hung in there and she's, uh, she's on her way. Like I hope so many of you guys are going forward. Um, I got to rant a little bit before we get our guest on here because outside of the mini bike world, the last couple of days have been pretty funny um, and funny in a weird way. Linda and I recently, you know, we lied. And we, we got our shots, right? It's like, fuck, you got to do whatever you got to do to get vaccinated. So we were able to do that and, uh, you know, everything was going well. We, we went to the site, we signed up, we received the confirmation, 
And, you know, it's like the night before. And, you know, you have mixed emotions about this shit. You don't know if you want to get a shot. You don't know what's in there. You're going to turn into a reptile of something. But, you know, you got to do it. You got, I, I'm in the event business. Uh, I'm, I'm on the road. I'm out of the country sometimes. So I, I needed to be protected. So we signed up for the shots and wake up that next morning. And like that morning and that ride over there, it was like, you know, you, you have to go to jail. And you know about it that day and that night. And then on the way there, it's a shitty feeling. So before all that happened, the, that morning of, I get a text and it says that my appointment has been canceled. So I just, I just deleted the damn text and I went anyways. So we show up and we didn't know what to expect. You know, if you had had proof of, because we said we were janitorial custodial. It's, it's one of the categories that you can select. And we went there with business cards and whatever story we were going to tell them. And we didn't need any of that. We rolled up with the license and they put a little mark on our car. They pointed us to some, it was like a slalom course with all these cones and we rolled through it. And some gal got up there, told us what she was going to do and asked us if we had any kind of allergies or any issues. And they shot us up before we knew it. And they told us to go in the parking lot, this dirt parking lot, wait for 15 minutes. And if you had any symptoms, like sweating or fever or vomiting or dizziness, just, you know, beep your horn and the, the fire paramedic dudes would come save your life. So we went out there for 15 minutes and we were still alive and we left. And it was, it was just odd. Our arm was a little bit sore. And I, I think that's pretty much the same for everybody who's gotten the shot. But uh, here we are the next day later, our arm's still a little bit sore. Uh, and, you know, no, no issues whatsoever. It was, it was simple. So if you qualify, and even if you don't, you can get it done. Uh, and hit me up. I've got a website where you can go sign up if you're in Southern California, because getting vaccinated is probably pretty important. The other thing I'm going to rant about is today I was getting ready for the podcast. And, you know, so just one of those days where we didn't have anything to eat. So we went out and we bought some cold cuts and I was trying to buy some cold cuts, right? Like, I just want to buy some prosciutto sliced thin and have a nice little sandwich. I swear to God, this lady behind the counter took fucking 20 minutes to slice a half a pound of ham. I thought it was on some show. I thought it was on like candid camera. I could not believe it. She, two slices a minute. And I'm waiting here like, you know, this can only be happening to me. I, I didn't want to complain. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I bitched about it to the guy that I checked out with, but I didn't go to the manager. And Linda and I joked about it and we laughed about it. I just having one of these days and sure as shit, it continued. Linda had to go to the doctor this afternoon. On the way there, I'm driving on the boulevard, driving in Linda's little Mercedes SUV. Some dude in a little Mini Cooper passing me on the right-hand side, cuts in front of me, gutter balls, the left-hand lane, cuts in front of everybody else, came out of nowhere. Immediately, there's a cop car right behind me who saw it, instant karma, on his ass. Pulled up alongside of him, pulled him over. They were pissed off. God knows what they were getting ready. So I pull over to the guy. I say, officer, this asshole cut me off. And the guy looks at me I, and I, you know, I swore at him and just went on. And finally, I felt like, man, a lot of shit's been going on. Finally, I get mine. Finally, I get a little karma. So the guy got pulled over for cutting me off. The prosciutto was sliced thin enough, although I waited for a half hour. And I'm not dead from the vaccine. So with all that excitement, let's bring up, let's bring up a guy that, you know, I've wanted to have him on the podcast for a while. He roams in the AV, Antelope Valley, which is uh, an area that um, many of the 
real, real mini bike enthusiasts, that's where they hang. You hear a lot about LA. You hear a lot about different areas of California too. Uh, but AV, I've been out there and it's been a minute because everybody's been locked down and I don't go as fast as these guys. These guys go pretty fast out there. It's all about going fast. You know, you're not going to find me three and a half horsepower Tecumseh's taking a little putt around AV. No. Um, <laughs> so so uh, I've been out on some of the rides and I've seen some of the bikes close up. And while I've been out there, I met um, Arleo, Arleo Davis. He's been to the events. Uh, he's part of the group up there. He's got his own deal out there now. Uh, Arlie built. And uh, we're happy to have him on the podcast. Arleo, welcome to the show. What's happening, brother? Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. I'm finally happy to uh, finally be on the show. You know, I've been trying to get on here for like the last couple of years. <laughs> it hasn't been that long, but I, I do recall you and I going back and forth. Uh, probably about like the last year. Yeah, yeah. Probably about the last year. And I've, uh, I've, I've genuinely been interested in doing it. In fact, um, this is a good time for me to also admit that I've been dying to get on um, Joe Petrelia from um, uh, Muscle Mini Bike Builds too. And yeah, you know, I'm in the situation, Arleo, where it's it's kind of good for us. We we have now a, a very keen idea of who we want to have as guests on the upcoming podcast. There was mm -hmm. a time where it was kind of week to week, so we're glad we fit you on here, and we're glad that you'll be able to make some time for us. How was your day today? It was pretty good, pretty busy. What do you do nine to five? Are you there doing that early build deal or are you doing that on the side? Tell us a little bit about what your day-to-day -day is. So pretty much my day-to-day -day is, is that uh, I pretty much build motors like all day. I'm tuning bikes, uh, getting customers, um, parts and everything together. I'm pretty much always on a move, you know, trying to get stuff going. So um so it's a full-time gig. This is not something you do when you're, you're, you're done with your day job, so to speak. Yeah, no, this is full-time. And uh, that takes balls. When, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when did you start that full-time? Uh, I started this last year in March. And how did you get to that point, Arlie? Were you in a situation where you knew that you were, by your own standards, you were good enough? to do it on your own or were you being encouraged maybe by uh, your, your close friends or was it a financial thing? How did you ultimately hang your own hat on your own so, business? So pretty much what happened was, is like you said, uh, I had a lot of people telling me like that it's kind of selfish of me to uh, hold my talent. So they were just telling me for a long time, like, oh, you need to do it. So I finally just put it together and was just like, you know what, I'll give it a shot. And then next thing you know, I realized that I really had something to bring to the table. So then I ended up was like, okay, well, let's let's do it. So I started doing it and I did a couple uh motors for a couple of uh, guys out there in LA. And you know, a lot of people in LA don't personally like me. So because I'm in an AV area. Um, so those motors that I built went out and performed and was beating a lot of LA motors, right? So, you know, from there, like I've pretty much been busy and like people been like hitting me up and like I said I've been getting orders I got bikes in Vegas I got bikes in LA I got stuff in Texas Arizona I got uh uh the Bay Area um I pretty much got stuff like in a, a couple places you're international almost you're you're definitely national it sounds like and when you say you've got bikes 
are these bikes that are uh, powered by early builds or are these bikes that you are um, building from existing frames? What's, when you say it's an early build, are we talking just about the power plant or the complete bike? Power plant. Great. Okay, so personally me as of right now, I'm working on getting my uh, stuff set up so that way I can produce my own frame. But right now I personally use uh, GT's uh, mini bikes. And, you know, me and Rafa go way back. I've been uh, dealing with Rafa since I was like 13 years old. So, you know, we have some history and, um, you know, pretty much is, uh, you know, now in California and pretty much all the way to Vegas, most people want a GT frame. And it's really convenient for me being in California to give them a GT frame. Plus, I can mix it up and I can tell Rafa like, oh, let's do this with this one. So nothing's really ever the same with the customer uh, bikes that I do. You know, they all want some type of this and that, and I just give them a little bit of splash of this. And then a power plant is obviously completely different than what most people have because it's built by me. And then, you know, it's, I, I change it up the way from I dress up the motor to like even uh, all the way up until the custom pipe that I go get from Jake Moe, you know, cause he really, uh, he really sick with the pipe. So, you know, I got to uh, give him that credit on that one. And then, you know, he pretty much, his pipe is pretty much what uh, wakes up the motors. You know what I'm saying? Like if you don't have that correct pipe on your uh, motor, you know, it's not going. Yeah, right. Breathing, breathing, uh, the chain, the sprockets, the gearing are mm -hmm. also important. What What is it that you have, Arleo, that, because there's a lot of guys out there that claim to build engines, fast engines. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, in fact, we've had some on recently. Uh, one of the best at the game, uh, Daryl Smith. And you run around with another one of the guys who's the best in the game, Jake Moe. Uh, what is it, Arleo, that you specialized in that had everybody's head turning without giving away any of your trade secrets where do you where would you say you specialize when it comes to building motors i mean obviously there's work you could do when you're porting and when you're doing work on heads and when you're selecting you know obviously piston size and camshafts and all that stuff but is there something that you specialize in that you can talk about um, one of the main things that I really look for in a motor, I don't really necessarily shoot for size, right? It all leads to like, who is getting this? You know what I'm saying? How much do you weigh? So on and so forth, because then I could build your build accordingly. Sure. So most of these people out here, they build like a specific build and it's good for everybody. But it's kind of a bad thing because it's like if this person's 50 pounds and this person did like 95 miles an hour and then the next person you get them the same combo, but they're heavier, heavier, heavier. Obviously, the bike gets slower. So you're custom so fitting when I have to. That's when I really have to do my homework and I have to really base from the cam to the piston to the crank to the valve size to the port work, everything based off of who's going to be riding a bike, who's going to be the owner. So like I'm very versatile with uh you know, my combos. So, so you um, may build uh, like I, I'm 180, we'll say five foot eight, older guy, don't want to kind of creep up on 80, but want to go a little bit faster than 50. You know, you, I'm looking for like a 60 mile an hour, 70 mile an hour bike. That's what you need, right? You, you, you need, you need that, that info to get that combo, right? To get the so, combo, right? So then when Emmanuel calls and Emmanuel's sitting on maybe, I don't know, 
205, we'll say. <laughs> he's six foot four and he wants to go as fast as you can make it. You're, re- you're able to then say, hey, Rafa, check this out. Stretch me an inch and a half. Build me up. And it, it, does it get that specific? Can you change the rake of the, I mean. Get, it really does fork? get that specific. So, and this is probably like the only secret that I'm going to give out, but I learned this from my uncle, Papa Smurf. Sean. Uh, Hotspot Motorsports. He told yeah. me years ago, he said, the chain rotation is everything, right? So the longer chain you have, the more power you lose. That's all I'm going to say. All right. And the chain is something, it's funny that you bring that up. I remember asking Dave Miller, who rest in peace is no longer with us. Let's face it, a, a legend in our sport. Mm-hmm. I would ask him, it's like, give me something. He's like, here's the deal. It's the chain. Like the chain and the chain being lubricated, uh, lubricated could be anywhere from a half to maybe a horsepower, depending on what your your power range. So all those things yeah. that you kind of take for granted, like the chains on, fuck it, I'll, I'll spray it with WD forty once in a while. Uh uh-uh. uh. Um, so Arlio, let me ask you, uh, what's the latest up there in the AV? Who's who up there now for the folks in the know and for the folks who want to know? Who's who up there? We, you know, Jake's the king. You know, you'd be tough to to knock me off that opinion. And he's earned that. Um, who else is running up there that um, you, you're with and you work with and you like to be with? Well, you know, we have AVR Zoom, which is the world's best jockey. Um, and then hearing have, a lot about that. I'm hearing a lot about that. Uh, what, 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 <laughs> so let me stop you along the way here because, uh, uh, in fact, I just started to follow him on Instagram. I think he did the same. Uh, good to see you, AVR Zoom. I first heard about him from Jake Moe. So now mm-hmm. I hear it from you, Arleo. What's it about this AVR Zoom besides the fact that he's your jockey? Well, you know, Zoom is like family to me. Ever since like I met him, we didn't clicked on like so many levels outside of mini bikes. And plus, Zoom is like the type of person where, like I said, like he will constantly have these ideas and he'll have these solutions to problems. And then like we can literally problem solve so many things. So like he's more useful than just being a jockey. Yeah, he's like, like uh, R&D. If I have like a new combo that I'm trying to uh, figure out and I'm trying to figure out like if the card's bogging, so on and so forth, he is the man that can get on a bike and he can tell you exactly when it's doing it, how it's doing it, what it needs. And then that really helps me out. And then I can fix the bugs and then, you know, the bike will be good. Most people and most jockeys can't do that. You know, I got to say that um, those, those jockeys that can't do that, aren't going to be the top. You can look at anything from drag racing to NASCAR. And now you're talking about it for mini bikes where unless that jockey uh, has more than the balls to get on a fast machine, unless he has that ability to really say, Hey, look, man, we got to deal with our suspensions too soft in the left, you know, on these sprint cars. And, you know, we got to take the camber up or we've got to, you know, we've got to work on uh, the trailing on the brakes, unless he's got that ability to do it. So maybe that's, maybe that is what uh, the, the difference is with AVR zoom, his ability to read that bike. So that, because you don't have much time, most of the time you're either, you either won or lost after a race or two, right? It's mm-hmm. not like you got a lot of time to get it right. Huh? Yeah. So like I said, and it and it was really good too. Say for instance, we're in a tournament, right? Sure. That's the time we really need him to work because it's our job as the builders to make sure that he has the power plan and the power to win the race. His job is to go down the street and give us feedback to make sure and pretty much to ensure that he continues to keep having that power and consistency. 
What I look for when I build is consistency. Most people are happy with a one pass number. I'm not happy with that. You know what I'm saying? And mind you, up here in NLO Valley, it's very hard to tune. Altitude. The weather could be 50 degrees, then it could be 80 degrees, and then it could be 20 degrees. Like I said, it's very hard to tune. So right now, pretty much what I'm working on is finding that tuning, that tuning sweet spot for each type of degree and, you know, pretty much finding adjustments where I know like, okay, yeah, I know this worked good on this adjustment, so on and so forth. Now, tuning in LA, it's not hard. It's not even a challenge for me. I'm going to just be honest with you. It's like, no matter if it's wintertime, springtime, summertime, it's not hard to tune out there for me. It's always you 90 can, degrees and sunny on Saturday on Anna Street, huh? Yeah. I mean, not necessarily, <laughs> but it's just not like the weather difference is just, like I said, it's lower elevation down there. Yeah. So, that, so that's part of the reason why most LA people want us to go out there and race, but that's not the problem with us going out there to race. It's just the thing like, you know, in the uh, car industry, if you look at like street outlaws or where, whatever the racing is, people go to different places and they have to adjust. Certainly. They don't make excuses. They adjust and hope it works. You know what I'm saying? We have to do the same thing when we go to LA. We have to change our bikes when we go to LA. I remember so, it came up in the podcast, our Leo, uh, last uh, episode with Daryl. And, uh, and we're going to get back into a little bit more about the LA AV deal. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that we we were talking about AVR Zoom, uh, and you're talking about his ability to kind of help out, um, folks. If you're listening in, it's uh, Joe's Mini Bike Reunion Season Six, Episode Three. We're here with Arleo Davis, the uh, the man behind uh, a lot of the things that are happening out of there in the Antelope Valley. We're talking about who's who. I uh, want to thank our friends over at Pioneer Car Electronics and our friends at uh, Studs Racing. Well, also uh, give a shout out to the winners of last week's Studs Racing official apparel giveaway. Uh, we're looking at one of them right there. Damn, you look pretty good in that hoodie, Arleo. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we have comfortable. <laughs> well, sure. You got personalized service from um, Eric over there at Studs, uh, kind of measuring them out. Make sure. <laughs> and then uh, T Ron Carter, uh, the dual engine T Ron. You never know what he's in store for. He's a hardworking, cool guy. He's from LA, but uh, you know, he's just reminds me so much of all the guys that are part of this cool hobby, a, a really good guy. I know you guys like to break each other's balls in LA and Antelope Valley. And before we jump back into that, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, some of the other jockeys outside there besides um, Zoom. Uh, one little dude, I should say little dude, uh, although when I say it, I mean it affectionately, Primo. Primo, Primo, I come out there with my Temecula Bob, Jake Mo, 18 horsepower, 20 horsepower, and a little bike, and uh, having the time of my life until I ran into that little bastard with his black and yellow little bumblebee bike that um, barely had a chain on it. And he was, <laughs> I, had, I had my hands full keeping him off my ass. So there, you know, there's a lot of guys that you just don't know about that if you look at their bikes, it's like, oh shit, you know, but then all of a sudden, Super fast. <laughs> How does that happen? How do these bikes that barely look like they can run blow by bikes that are built by professionals, you know? So one bike that I've actually uh, seen like that in the GT tournament, when we lost uh, to most wanted, I never even seen that bike the whole tournament. I never even seen it go down the street let alone see the bike there until we raced it 
And then, like, it's like after we raced it, I'm like, what's so special about it? Like, it had nothing special about it. Like, I'm telling you, like, the bike looks so sleeper, basic, just out of ordinary. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just something that you're just not going to catch. You know what I'm saying? You're just going to walk right past it. And it was one of those, mo- it was one of those bikes <laughs> where it did not look the best, but it did its job. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I love it, they sleepers. have some of them out there. Yeah. So uh, is Primo one of those sleeper jockeys or who else is running fast out there? Who wants to jump on those fast bikes besides, uh, you know, Zoom? Well, we have little Zoom, which is Zoom's son upcoming. Okay. Um, right now, like he, like right now I'm getting him to understand on what he needs to look for when he's jockeying. Don't just ride the bike. Pay attention to what the bike is doing. And that way you can understand when your bike is running at full optimum power. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm, that's what we're uh, pretty much working on right now. Other than like him actually riding it, going fast, great. Um, Leaving a line on time, great. You know what I'm saying? Being smart, um, great. But like I said, it's just his main thing is we're just pretty much just uh, working on him uh, eyeing out, you know, the small details of what the bike is doing. Yeah, you're kind of like your minor leagues, almost setting up like a, um, um, I don't know, and you think about it, it'd be pretty cool to get younger guys more involved in it. Uh, You know, not to put them on a rocket bike so soon, especially if, even if they've got the interest or the the nerve, but, you know, bring them along slowly, uh, keep it in the family, so to speak, like it sounds like it's happening there at Family Zoom. Okay, so we got the jockeys covered. Um, I'm going to let you uh, represent, and um, I know there's a lot of other good builders out there and a lot of other awesome bikes out there. Um, Who else do you want to uh, recognize that's uh, kind of, um, should be in the know up there in the AD? Um, I want to recognize Charlie. Sure. Charlie Fusi. Um, like I said, Little Zoom, Big Zoom. Uh, our newest, latest jockey, uh, Tavion. Um, Sal. Um, Jake. Uh, yeah, we mentioned Primo uncle. up there. Oh, who's your uncle? My- uh papa smurf sean Reed. oh yeah yeah so okay t- yeah you know sean i haven't seen much of him sean give me a little update on sean what's happening with him okay so pretty much my uncle like you know he's talented in like so many ways it's like not even funny so mini bikes isn't just the only thing he does most people think like oh you know he slipped away or whatever but in reality where right now what he's doing is he's doing model cars and hot wheels model cars and hot wheels okay model, model cars and hot wheels so he should be making. He should be uh, making an appearance and coming back right now. He's working on one of those uh, those new uh, micro. Uh, what is it? Uh, I forget the name already. It's one of those. It's one of those. You know those uh, micro frames that they just came out with, but it's the micro drag frame. Oh yes, my God! Yes. Just, just Google them. They're they're running on alcohol. Some of those things. Yeah, he's Amazing. doing one of those right Is now. Is he really? No shit. Well, look, tell him that we were shouting out to him. Uh, I had spent some time with Papa Smurf back in the day when I was just rolling out with Joe's Mini Bike Reunion. I think he still has some of our decals and banners up in his um, his storage well, areas me, there. He has them. He has yeah, yeah. them all everywhere. Does he? Tell him I asked yeah. about him. I also have some Hot Wheels for him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he'll like that. <laughs> I bet he will. Um, Arlo, uh, Arlio, see, I did it. Uh, 
so check this out. For those of you who may have fallen into the same situation that I did, is if you, if you read Arlo's name, you can maybe go with Arlo. Sometimes you let that U float out there, but it's it's R, like the letter R, Leo. R Leo is the way it's pronounced, not Arlo, like I may have done and you may have done. Uh, and we're hoping that you're enjoying the podcast. So let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about this also. How fast are you guys running up there? How fast you run? Everybody's talking about we're running 100 miles an hour. I, I'm calling bullshit on a lot of that. I know you can go 75. I know you can go 80. You may even be able to go 90. But you tell me, how fast you guys running out there? Okay, so here's the truth. Like I told you earlier, the air up here is entirely different. So if a bike is doing 95 or 100, they say, in L.A., it's going to come up here. It's not definitely going to do that. It's going to lose my problem. So if you have a bike up here doing 95, fast 95, up here in Antelope Valley, and you take it to LA, I'm not going to necessarily say it's going to do 100. But trust me, it's going to be very hard to beat because it's going to be doing a fast that number. Okay. All our right. bikes up here are doing 95 plus in Antelope Valley. What motors are going that fast? What are you starting with? What kind of power plant? Um... I'm trying to not give anything away. <laughs> well, just you know, look, we're not talking about a predator, right? Yeah, no. All right. So that's what I'm talking about. You got to meet me halfway. Uh, the new stuff, what they call uh, Tillerson block, but we don't necessarily use Tillersons. We, we weld our blocks. So we got predator blocks that's welded crazy and, you know, big motor. Um, is, is that pretty popular? Plus. So is that pretty popular that maybe we'll start with what we can get our hands on with a Predator and, and, and work our magic? It's just more convenient because a sure. $100 motor can't <laughs> beat it. And then you pay like three, 400 bucks in welding. I mean, you have a motor that you can practically use forever. You know what I'm saying? Um, Arlio, let me ask you this. Have... Um, what, what, are, what do these guys do wrong when they're taking their $109 Predator and trying to build it to go real fast. What are some of the mistakes that a lot of, uh, let's just say non-professional, but enthusiasts, and I'm not trying to take them down a notch. I'm just trying to help them out a little bit. Everybody thinks you just take it apart and you built down this other shit. And then you just, what mistakes are they making? So it's a couple. First thing I see people do is, is they take off the box muffler. They put on three-stage pipe. They put on a dirt bike carburetor. They remove a governor and they buy. They they just either bypass the governor or they remove it. They don't they don't uh, put in a new billet rod, a new billet flywheel. They don't upgrade the springs. They don't upgrade the valves. And then you know they'll go ride it all around town and open a throttle all the way up. You know those those springs are super weak. So what always happens? Valve drops, blows the motor up. Um, so it's a constant thing where people blowing the motor up. Flywheel, magnet flies off, breaks the coil off the block. The whole block is trash at that point. Um, this is my tip to most people that want to, you know, try to go fast. Thank you. First, get insurance. Get insurance first by buying a billet rod and a flywheel and properly installing it. Then from there, you can work on your cam and then you can upgrade your springs and dirt by carburetor or something and so forth. Love that. Very, very, very good, useful information on that. Let me ask you, Arlio, uh, has what appears to have been a cottage little business 
And what I mean by that kind of started and prompted by just the local following that you have uh, pretty cool. Now when that phone rings and it's somebody from Florida or somebody from Vegas or somebody from, I don't know, Michigan, uh, you're starting to build a little notoriety for yourself there. Uh, congratulations on that. How's that? Um, how's that feeling? It's overwhelming and it's stressful because you never really get comfortable with what you do. It's always, a, no, I got to go. I got to go the extra mile. I got to make sure this is right. You know, I build these motors as if they're my personal own. Like I want them to last for a like very kids. long time. You know, pretty much I care for them. And usually majority of the time after I put in all my hard work, I never really want to give it to the customer. I just want to tell the customer like, yeah, let me just pay you back your money <laughs> and I'm going to keep it. But like, you know, I got to let them go. Like I can't keep all of them, but. Yeah, you'll be out of business pretty quick like that. But that, that, that that's, you know, that tells me, it just tells me that you really have that passion. You know, these are like your baby. I really do. Sounds like, you know, it's like you're sending them off to college and it's like, you're proud, but you're also like, nah, I want to keep them here. Let I them want to, you to stay here. Exactly. <laughs> let them go to school. Um, hey, so, uh, so now we know what you're up to now we have some tips and tricks. You give us a little bit of a roll call about who's doing what up there. Let's talk a little bit about this uh, AV versus LA. Um, I always enjoy the banter that goes back and forth. And, and most of it is good natured. I also realized that over a period of time, I think a lot of it probably due to the fact that people are cooped up and, you know, maybe a little frustrated, a little bit down. People getting shitty online too, talking shit. Um, when it's all said and done, it's just nice. Even, it's just nice to see people face to face. That's why I love the mini bike reunion. Not so much to really see who has the fastest bike or have guys arguing with each other, but I just want everybody to be together and have a good time. And we haven't exactly. even been able to do that. Um, but when it comes to LA, you do see mixed signals. You see different comments that range from funny and make you piss your pants so funny. And then you see things where people are really taking nasty stabs at each other. I subscribe to the fact that it's not that deep rooted, that there's no real animosity there. It's just good natured ribbing. Um, do you see it that way? Um, this is what I will say. So with the AV versus LA thing, it's like one of those things where, you know, they look at us as if we're the outsiders and it's like, they pretty much, in other words, they treat us like we're the East Coast. And, you know, like I have to explain to people, everybody from my crew is not from the Antelope Valley. We just live here, right? So I told them, I said, you know, if East Coast came out here and was demanding races and like they was about to take over the East and the West Coast, ADR is going to come down there and go compete with uh, my West Coast buddies that, you know, obviously don't really agree with me as of right now, since we're in a whole other city. So the way how I take it is I feel like a lot of people just don't like us because they think that we uh, make it seem like we're better than them. And that's definitely not, not that's not even a thing because to be truthful, they started the AV versus LA thing. Like a couple of years ago, we used to just ride. Like I said, I used to build motors, but I didn't really build motors for like nobody like that. We used to just ride. So then we ended up putting together a group. And then, you know, forming a unity. And then, so then from there, when uh, we made the first appearance in a GT's tournament, we had one bike, which is the most hated. It was beating all the fastest bikes. They claim like, oh, the fastest bikes wasn't there, this, this, that, and the third. But we knocked out all the bikes and we made it to the final race. 
You know, we barely lost, but it is what it is. You win some, you lose some. You know, you sure. Well, on the pass. Um, but you know, in my opinion, we technically didn't lose that race. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, you win some, you lose some. So when um, when I've had and you know, I'm, I really have the great gig because I'm in the middle of a lot of this, and I can clearly see a segment. I can see the segment of the mini bikers that are just into drag racing and going fast. I can see the regular enthusiasts who just want the next little Indian bike from 1966 to make their collection. I can see the beginners that don't know the difference between a Coleman and a Bonanza. You know, there's so many different elements. There's the older guys, there's the young kids. It's all good. I I spent time with you. I spent time with Jake. I spent time with uh, Daryl. I spent time with Cleveland. Um, I can bop around with Home Alone or whether we're talking to um, our friends Rafa over at GTS. Everybody comes from different areas. You know, you're going to have a little bit of an allegiance to that area, to that group, because you're with them more often. But I find it to be a little bit more uh, competitive with the drag racing because, hey, that's that's a competitive side of our sport. I think it's all good. And for those folks who have made an opinion about who the AVR guys are and what they represent, what they stand for. Here's a good example for you. If you've been listening to this podcast, you can see that, you know, and, and, and Arlio, you're just like so many of the guys that I've met up there. Um, I've always enjoyed my time up there in the AV. And um, I wondered if um, you wanted to, uh, is there something maybe that um, you can help us with? If folks want to get a hold of you, if folks want to find out about how they maybe can go a little bit quicker, maybe uh, find out if you can, uh, put together a, a bike for them. How, how do folks get a hold of you? Um, most people could uh, contact me on my uh, business page on Instagram, AVR underscore Arlie. And then from there, like uh, pretty much, you know, we'll talk and then, uh, I'll shoot you my number. And then uh, from there, you know, we could text and so on and so forth. Yeah. So and, uh, just typical way folks, you know, grab, get a hold of them online. Uh, you, you'll see his, um, Information posted up here as well. Uh, Arlio, is there anybody else that um, has uh, helped you along the way that may not be um, on the mini bike scene? You know, is there anybody else you maybe want to give a shout out to that's helped encourage you from your early days as a mini bike enthusiast to now having your own gig? Man, that's a really good question. Well, um, pretty much I want to shout out my wife. you know, like I said, she she knows that uh, I've always had this passion about this and this talent. And that's always been like my goal. What's her you name? Know, heard, uh, her name is Kimberly Sanchez. So, you know, I've been with her since like seventh grade. So I've been talking about this for like years. And then so like now it's finally happening. And then like she's like super all excited and happy for me and everything. So it's just like it's very hard one. She like wanted like the main backbone to like really push me to do this like you know because some days you know we do get up and we're like oh i'm gonna do this shit yeah yeah you got one person that you know that really make you change your opinion and your perspective uh to how you do things and you know she always tells me it's like one of those things where it's like uh would you really do that or what would you do you know what i'm saying and that's why i always had this mentality like no i gotta go the extra mile because i know i'm having doubt in my mind i'm like no i gotta fix that Cause if there's no doubt, then I know I did a good job. But if there's doubt, then I got to keep going. Yeah. I love that spirit. You have, um, you're, you're mature beyond your years. 
Arleo, uh, from a, a guy approaching his mid sixties. I can kind of see that in you already. They always say that a good man is you're not getting too far without having a strong woman behind him too. So that's good to have. Um, well, you know, everybody talks a little bit about Jake Moe. Is there something about Jake Moe that you can add that maybe some of us may not know? Man, that's a lot I can add. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jake's a, a really cool guy um, and he's very busy. So it's like one of those things where a lot of people hit me up personally to get to him. And I'm like, hey man, you gotta <laughs> shoot him a message and see if he get back to you. And he'll come hit me back up and they're like, man, he didn't reply. I'm like, man, look, he's busy. But I'm telling you that weight is worth it for whatever you're trying to get framed to a pipe, to a gas tank, to whatever the case may be, it's gonna be worth it because like I said, it's just certain things that you just can't take away from certain people. Like I said, his talent is non-comparable to nobody. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is in their own bracket of talent. You know what I'm saying? He's the, and, he's the Picasso of our, of our hobby. You know, he, yeah, really so, he, you creates, know. he creates work of art. And I, um, I hear that from everybody, from the guys who just learned how to spell mini bike to the guys like Temecula Bob and everybody else in between. Uh, we've been uh, chatting with Arleo Davis from Arlie Builds. He's, uh, he's living the dream and he's doing it full time, not on the side. He already told you how you can get a hold of him. He gave you an idea of who's who. Um, hey, one last thing, Arleo, before I let you go. Uh, what are you working on right now? What's, um, what's getting ready to go out the door? Or what, did, what did you just bring in? What are some of the, the hot projects that you got going on over there? Can you show us? And, and do any of those bikes behind you dare fire up? All right. Show me what you got there. It's breaking out the good shit, folks. Okay, that looks like a coffee can piston. What do we got there in front of us? So this is what you call one of those uh, play motors. This is a motor that a customer wants and they don't want it to be completely stock, you know, stock board, stock stroke, but they want a little bit more power, a little bit more get up and go. And pretty much a motor for them to just beat on. So um, this is a three inch piston, you know, uh, by stock stroke. Billet cam. This is usually how I set up my three-inch stock strokes. Most people would go with a cast cam with the cast crank and the cast side cover. Personally, what I do is just off the fact that you have this big size piston with the uh, cast crank, it's best for you to have a billet side cover on there because it's less crank flex and it's a longer uh, life duration for the crank and obviously the motor. Because if the crank breaks, then you already know it's ugly from there. And it's so, and it's so, not so much the weight then. It's it's those other reasons that you you, you mentioned, right? Not just because yeah. of the weight difference. Okay. The stress on the cast crank is already like plus, it's not balanced. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So when you go up on the size of that piston, most people, majority of people, put together the motors unbalanced. Nobody really wants to pay the extra 100, 150 bucks <laughs> to balance the crank, so on and so forth. You know what I'm saying? It's like extra money. They're like, oh, it doesn't make me faster. No, but it makes your motor last longer. It's insurance. You, you know, it's insurance. So no. most people be like, oh, well, I'll just build another one. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's just like one of those things where, you know, I just be like, you know, okay. So this is one of them that's going to go out the door. 
Which state is uh, which state is that going to, Arleo? That one's uh, for somebody in uh, Antelope Valley. Okay, local. Well, there we go. Now we got one of these racing blocks, huh? So this is uh, one that I'm building for a customer. Finally, uh, just started getting parts in. This should be done in about like a good month and a half, hopefully. What do we um, have in front of ready. us there? Which huh? respect, what is that? This is a billet animal block. This isn't like, it's not cast. Most people think that this is like a cast motor, but no. This is solid billet. It comes with a billet side cover. You can get this uh, block. Uh, it's sleeve also. Um, and a side cover for like, I want to say the cheapest block they have is like 620. What, what size piston is that sleeve for as it comes? So you could get this piss, you could get this block sleeve to 2992, which is the smallest piston, all the way up to three inch 51 thousandths. So 3.051, which will be the biggest that they'll let you sleeve it. Yep. However, this is a better animal block, and you know, custom stuff could come into play and you can go way bigger. So this motor is capable of 360 cc's, right? Um and obviously a 360cc small block is like outrageous. Um, and yes, it should be very capable of doing a fast hundred, no problem. But out of all my years and my research and, and the stuff that I've been going through, you don't need a bill animal to do a hundred. Yeah. You, That's you, don't need a, you don't need a bill animal to do a hundred. I have a motor actually that I'm about to show you that will do a hundred. But I'm not going to gear for 100, because like okay. I said, I I look for fast exact times. I look for fast exact times. I don't look for like mile per hour. It's like super big and heavy, so I can't put it on the table. All right. That's a billy head. Got their racing clutch. What clutch is that? This is a four disc custom clutch. Okay. Um, each disc is like rated for about like eight horsepower. So you only really need that size clutch for something that's really making some serious power. If you have a stock board stock stroke, because I see people, they follow me. And when I went to LA the other couple weekends, I see this guy, he had like a Fortis clutch on his bike. And I'm like, that motor is not nowhere near that size to use that clutch. And you can hear it, I can hear the motor. It doesn't have enough power to make that clutch, make the motor work. So it's like bogged down. And he didn't know, right? He just thought- They that just look at stuff that people have and they just <laughs> think, oh, he just got that on there just because. But like I said, every motor is different. Like, most people that have like three inch strokers, they'll have a three disc bully on it. You don't necessarily need a three disc bully for a three inch stroker. Got it. A two disc will do. A two disc bully clutch, a genuine two disc bully clutch, not a aftermarket clutch. Yeah, there's another good a, tip there too. It's not just a genuine the size. two disc bully because We've had a motor on the dyno at Joe's make 26 horsepower with a Titan Premier clutch. I know for a fact the Titan Premier clutch was spinning and slipping because that, that clutch is really rated for like 10 to 15 horsepower. Yep. 
Yeah, very, very half, low horsepower. Half the size. So if we would have at least had like a two-disc bully on it, the motor could have possibly made 27.50, you know, just without the motor slipping, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So, you know, these three-inch strokers, most of them struggle to make about 28, 20.8 horse, uh, horsepower to the back wheel. That's pretty, that's pretty good. That's decent. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's like tips and tricks that I usually do with building my motors. Like I said, I want to get all the power out of it, not baby or, you know, high power or whatever. So, like I said, even all the way down to the clutch, it matters because you can have a strong motor, but have a weak clutch. That's actually crazy because I actually have a customer motor that I had built and then they had bought a Titan Premier clutch. And I'm like telling him, I'm like, well, that's not going to work. So like he was like, oh, my motor is like bogging down. I said, like, describe bog to me. You know what I'm saying? Then you and he was like, tell. oh, he was like, you know, like I could get on it. And then like right before the uh, finish of the quarter, it'll like hunch over. I said, okay, well, bring it by. So I tested it today with me personally on it because, you know, I know what to look for and what I'm uh, trying to fix or whatever. It's not bogging. This whole time, his clutch is slipping. Because he's making so much power, it's like not even gripping anymore. So when I took the clutch apart, you could literally see it sliding. And you know what I'm saying? It's supposed to just grab. It's sliding inside the actual clutch. Yeah, that, that ability to diagnose those problems, either visually, just by looking at them. You know, the guy's sporting the wrong clutch or the guy's got maybe a, a setup that just ain't going to work and you know why. I guess it's just a matter of how you approach that person too, and either decide to lend them some insight or have them hit you up. A lot of guys don't like that. Sometimes they take offense to it. So you, you always juggle that. But you've shared some really good insight with us today. Thank you for some of the tips and tricks as well. Um, cool. It's been a pleasure to have you on, Arleo. And uh, I'm sorry. It, it appreciate us, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took us a little bit longer. Um, hey, a few other things happening uh, that are good news in the industry. <clears throat> the Winber Mini Bike Reunion, which is held annually in Pennsylvania. I think that... That event's been going on for decades and decades. Mm -hmm. uh, it's back on. It's June the 18th and the 19th. So for those of you on the East Coast who want to get a fix of uh, mini bike style events, you can check out the Winbur Mini Bike Reunion. I'm sure you'll find out more about that online. I'd like to give a few shout outs I could to myself. Once again, uh, I want to give a big shout out to uh, my daughter, Nicole, uh, Boom Boom, uh, Gail, uh, Eric Shingles, uh, Duran Bagwell, T. Ron Carter, Randy Keats, Cam White, Paul Giotto, we mentioned him earlier, Jake Bowen, and Charlie Fusi. A big shout out to Big Daddy, Daryl Smith. Uh, good to have you on the podcast last week, Big Daddy. And uh, I popped a little something in the mail to you that um, it's your Hall of Fame hat. So welcome to the club of 2021. We also have a big announcement coming up on the second inductee to the 2021 Joe's Mini Bike Reunion happening on an upcoming podcast. I want to give a shout out to my man, Home Alone, you want to talk about jockeys. There's the one that uh, you start with right there. Uh, my buddy uh, Day-Day, uh, the Green Hornet, Irving, uh, he was on the East Coast holding it down. My buddy Dave Darnell, Dave Montgomery, if I miss you, I'll catch you the next time, I'm sure. Uh, look, Arleo, have a good one. Hold down the fort, say hi to all my friends out there in the Antelope Valley. Uh, it's getting a little bit normal out, so hopefully we'll be seeing each other soon. I can't wait to uh, find out and keep me abreast about what's happening over there at Arley Builds, and I look forward to seeing you at uh, Joe's Mini Bike Reunion. Hopefully, we'll be having that and talk a little bit more about that 
this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for uh, your time. Have a great uh, rest of your weekend. And um, we'll talk to you soon, brother. Okay. Thank you. Nice. All right, folks. Uh, Arleo Davis has been our guest on Joe's Mini Bike Reunion podcast. Uh, Emmanuel, I'm not sure if there's a date that you've been able to describe. Uh, if you can, let me know in a second. Otherwise, uh, folks, keep a, uh, a view on the uh, Facebook page. What, date? what time? April the 8th. That'll be our next podcast. I'll make a little note here. 4-8. And, uh, and I'm not sure. I think I was working on having uh, the head honchos over at Honda Motorcycles. Uh, Colin is their PR guy. They've got the new Honda Grom, which uh, they're talking about. And, you know, there's that other side of this mini bike world that I just love the little mini motos. And uh, to all my Honda Grom friends, I want to give a big shout out. They just got back from a big ride up in, uh, I think it was the Bay Area Honda Grom ride. They were uh, supposedly going over the Bay Bridge and the Golden Gate Bridge and hanging out in San Jose. My buddy um, Ernesto was up there just for the day. He said that uh, they showed up at the gas station and uh, it went from 20 bikes to about a few hundred bikes. And then the cops showed up and they thought they were going to have a little bit of an issue, but the cops were cool. Uh, they followed them along on the ride, but there were no issues and everybody was good. So if you were a part of that ride, I hope you had a good time for those of us who weren't able to make it maybe some other time, but who knows? Uh, looking forward to having him on the podcast. And I reached out to Temecula Bob. Uh, as I continuously do to try to get him on the podcast, but I don't think he wants any part of a computer. A big shout out to my man, Evil Ed too. Uh, you know, there, there you go. Let's work. We'll get Evil Ed on. It's been a little bit of a while since we heard what's happening with Evil Ed. Uh, looking forward to hearing about the latest escapades there. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you on the next Joe's Mini Bike Reunion podcast. We'll see you the next time. Thanks for listening. show